0: Hey everybody, this is Mandy, and I love Sour Punch straws. It's true, she does. Hi everybody,
1: this is Ollie, and if you're wrestling with your friends, be careful. And this is the Mandy and Ollie Podcast.
0: You search for guys with the Mustangs. Daddy ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. One, you, your Mandy, how are you
1: doing on this fine day?
0: Um, I'm. I'm not the best. I could be better. Always areas for improvement. But the little spiel you gave for your intro, I was trying not to laugh. I, I, it's not a funny thing. Like you definitely should be careful with your friends. But I just, it made me almost chuckle. So I'm glad I didn't, because <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> But you're doing it now, so. <laughs> I mean, it's just I a pleasant, die. yeah, so, late humor. In retrospect, the positive. Mm-hmm. So,
1: do you have any goal updates you want to provide to the listeners and me?
0: Yes. My physical goals, I haven't done any. In fact, I'm in a terrible place when it comes to <laughs> Physically being active. Um, I've had weird aches and pains this week that don't really make sense. It's like the type of aches you get if you did work out, but I haven't done any working out. And I asked someone why your body would be achy if, it, if you didn't do anything physically, and they said because of blood circulation. So then I was like, oh, no, that means that I have to work out because clearly I'm not getting blood to the body first. <laughs>
1: Um, that sounds very familiar. I don't know if you saw that post I put on Instagram where it was like, when you get up and you forget you have an iron deficiency. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's me. That's me. (laughs) Right. Right. So, yeah. (laughs) Or even like, I used to have issues with my knees where my knee socket would pop out a lot. So Whoa. now I'm like, I know, right? So <laughs> Can you I'm say even that like,
1: casually?
0: I mean, that's why it's crazy because it used to be casual. Like it used to be a thing where it's like, oh, my knees popped out, and sometimes I would pop it back in myself, and sometimes I'd have to call my mom to pop it back in for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what?
0: Okay. And now I'm like, if my knee pop out of socket, we got to make a trip to the hospital. It's not going to just be, it's not just going to be a pop it in situation. It's going to be, and we need two days leave for recovery time and a stack of hospital bills and a whole bunch of stuff nobody wants to have to deal with. That's the part of getting older. It's like those little
1: things that used to be funny, like, oh, crack, crack, crack. now it's like you notice every single crack, every single movement, every single thing that feels like it shouldn't feel. And I'm like, we're too
0: young to be noticing these things, but Mm okay, this is life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of my other updates, I started to, well, I haven't, I've started the financial journey because I'm in organized October, which I talked about before. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I've started the organizing process and I'm really happy about it, but I'm a little worried that I'm overspending in October and anticipating for not spending in November. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, like, A, I always have to do kind of like a little bit of fall shopping because when I fall shop, I'm also shopping for winter. Um, So I went out this weekend not intending for me to shop. I was supposed to be helping my mom find something. And then I ended up being the one buying all this stuff. And I was like, well, I got to get it now because it's a sale and (laughs) I can't spend any money in November and all that malarkey. And then my friends are also like, hey, we want to hang out. And I'm like, well, we got to hang out in October because I can't spend no money in November. And now (laughs) I'm just like, I feel like I'm spending more money than I would have if I hadn't spent any. (laughs) Yep.
1: <laughs> it sounds like he's trying to knock it all out. So, I mean, it's, I think it is good that you're getting these things that you need, but it could be that no spend November won't matter if you're spending
0: <laughs> double in October. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm still trying to keep, like, my regular cap on spending in October while I organize so that no spend November will be effective. But I think I made really realistic goals for uh, myself, and I'll share one of them with the podcast with you. So one of them that I have is an emergency fund. I want to establish an emergency fund of, I think I've had it at, like, $2,000. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not, this is, in a period of, like, short-term goals, medium-term goals, and long-term goals. The short-term goals are one to three years. Medium-term are three to five years. Long-term are five to ten years. I couldn't think of that many long-term goals, and um, I put the emergency fund more so in my medium-term goals, not because I don't think I can't accomplish it in three to five years, but the emergency fund is specifically separate from, like, my savings accounts and then savings accounts that I have designated for specific things or like mm-hmm. money that I have designated for specific things. So it's in in and of itself, its own thing. And because I have, you know, other things that I'm putting money towards, it makes sense to make it more of a, like a three to five years goal type thing. And that would be what I dip into before I dip into like, my savings or before i dip into potentially my house buying fund or before i dip into my mandy's trying to get a new cell phone fund like it would be like we take it specifically out of the emergency fund pile because this is an emergency okay that sounds reasonable and very
1: organized actually so kudos to you yeah thank you Uh, i think that's all i have for goal updates okay So I know that my goals mainly whenever we get on the podcast are talking about organizing, but something I've been wanting to incorporate for a long time and just haven't gotten around to do it was introducing, like, mantras into my everyday life. So the Mm. other day um, I had a friend who was just, like, kind of going through stuff, and I was like, well, let me write out some mantras, and I'll, you know, give some to you, and I'll do some for myself. So I took some of those index cards that I talked about the other week, And I just wrote down some mantras. I looked up some that were talking about finances, like you mentioned, some that were talking about just like positive days, some that were talking about letting go of negative energy and stuff like that. And I put them everywhere. Like they're on my bedroom door, they're on the mirror, they're on the fridge, just different things to say throughout the day. And I feel like when I do them, I I do feel like, I don't know if it's like a supplemental thing or if I'm tricking myself, but I do feel better. And I do feel like, okay, well, this is how I'm starting my day. This is how I'm leading my day. So those have been helpful for me. So if anyone can benefit from that or think you might benefit from it, just saying positive words and affirmations over and over, I would highly suggest it.
0: Yeah, we did talk about it uh, earlier on in the podcast, um, probably because you had mentioned that you wanted to start doing it. And I remember I was saying like, I like to see kids doing it. And I've been on social media and seen um, a lot of kids still doing it. Like pretty much every day you can find a kid doing a mantra. Ellen had this little brown baby boy out there this week doing his mantra. And I'm just like, the amount of encouragement I see from kids doing it, I definitely hope that it gives you that same fulfillment because it at least lifts my spirits enough in a way to watch them have their spirits lifted and really have like confidence in themselves or like focus or drive um, for when they're going to school. Like, I'm going to be focused today or whatever. I hope that it it gives you that same kind of energy. And if I see that it works on you, maybe I'll start doing it. <laughs> You'll be my test run. <laughs> <one. laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks. Time to be skinny pig this round. I'll let you guys Pretty know nice. how it stands out. <laughs> Okie dokie.
0: Do you have an entry for this is a safe space? Girl, I do, and okay. um, it's heavy, heavy. It's heavy, heavy today. So everybody, okay. well, let's take a deep, te- deep breath collectively. So, um, my this is a safe space is about. There have been some incidents recently, especially even like this past week, it happened again, where innocent people have been dying and they've been dying in what should be their safe space, in their home. They're completely unprepared for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like whenever I would see things like that or certain experiences that I've had, like not um, just people dying, but people going to school and they've been assaulted or raped or any kind of just like attack in a, in a space or an area where this is your real life. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through certain things where it's like preparations that I've made or experiences that I've missed out on because of fear that I have from losing my life or having a negative impact in something that's happened. So, and I'll give an example, but I kind of want to talk through it. When I was applying to colleges, like I think we've talked about it a little bit before in the podcast, but I grew up in the South. Um, You know, we grew up in, in the Southern state. And when I was applying to colleges, particularly even in my state, we have, you know, in-state tuition and scholarships. And my mom was like, you should apply for in-state colleges because it's going to be a beneficial financially for all yeah. of us. And I couldn't look at it that way because I had a fear about being a woman of color in the South and going away to school and I would get raped and tossed to the side like, into maybe a wooded area like I could be raped or or hurt or um, even killed and they may not find my body like or anything like that and it's hard to have those feelings because sometimes you say, verbalize stuff like that out loud and people are like you know that's unrealistic for you to feel that way but I'm like but these are things that we see every day happening so it's not unrealistic and I ultimately went to school in um, a little bit further north of a city, but then I was still constantly getting updates at school and even to now where it's like girls constantly going missing in that area. And it's like the, the same fear that I had that made me literally only apply to one school in my southern state and no other southern state schools, I'm like, it's one of those fears that affects is affecting everywhere, but uh, will affect the way that I move or behave. Mm -hmm. So in hearing the most recent story, um, of the young woman who was in her home with her nephew and lost her life, um, because a police officer you know, just shot and didn't. I I I couldn't begin to to try and understand his rationale for it. But um, what would be like the the preparation or the thing that I take away from this to try to make me feel safer, even if it realistically is never going to make me feel safer. Um, like they say, of course, you know, lock your doors because allegedly her front door was locked, but... It was open. What, or was open or what, whatever. But it's like, what are the precautions that we make to make ourselves feel safer? And when things happen that are like, you know, illogical, when things happen where it's like regular people, people of color women, whomever, living their everyday lives and then they lose their life from something that we all could be doing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel safe when a tragedy happens and you're like, that literally, that literally could have been me, it could have been my family, it could have been my friends? So for me, personally, I it could have been
1: either one of us, as you said, the situation just seemed so simple and peaceful before it went into chaos, and she was murdered. So it could have been any one of us in our homes where, like you said, you're supposed to feel like this is a safe space for you. Um, For me personally, how do I feel safer in my own home? I used to really be against having weapons in the home, but after I've talked to more gun owners from all political beliefs and all sides of I've had a family member murdered or I've been in a situation where I need to protect myself or I just feel unsafe. After hearing so many different stories and points of views from people, I'm like, okay, I understand now why you'd want to have a gun in your home because right now, as far as I'm concerned, nobody is policing the police. And I heard something earlier today where something just went off in my head where someone made a comment. I think it was a Senator or something. And he said, gun and violence includes the police when police misuse their guns that includes gun violence and i've never mm-hmm. heard that before i've never heard them grouped into that before i just hear a lot of people saying protect the police or they're supposed to police us and you know they work for citizens i've heard all these pro-police movements but i've never heard anyone say no when, when police officers misuse their weapons and they don't follow directions or instructions or guidelines. Yeah, that falls they- into
0: gun violence as well because right. that's the right. reality of, like, gun violence is a misuse of a gun that has mm-hmm. violently impacted someone's life. Mhm. And so
1: when I heard that, something just clicked in my head and it made me feel even more reassured about having weapons in the home because outside of also my belief that, It'll be like martial law any day now, and you might need to protect yourself. Or, mm. you know, we see all these Purge movies, and people are like, oh, it's a movie. And I'm like, this isn't too far off from what's going yeah. on right now as far as I'm concerned. So just feeling like, okay, if something happens, then you need to be, have a way to protect yourself. I'm not saying it has to be a gun, but if you need a bat or a taser or whatever it is, some, some pepper spray to make you feel a little more comfortable in your own home since, Things are happening that are absurd outside of your home. then if this is your safe space, you have to find a way to protect it that will honestly protect it. And if it's a me or you situation, and the you is someone trying to break in or kill, or if it turns into a kill or be killed, I'm I don't want to be a killer, but I'm also I don't want to die because someone's acting crazy or erratic or because they feel like they have some power or dominion over me in my own home. So, yeah,
0: it's it's one of those things where it's like, how do I regain control, like you're saying, of the situation to make mm-hmm. myself feel safe? Because, again, bringing it back to, like, my original example of going to college and having a fear of being attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went th- and left to school, my mom gave me pepper spray. And not to make light of it, but my pepper spray went off in my purse which I didn't know it did then I ended up using my purse normally and touching my eyes and I essentially pepper sprayed myself and again, it's like the thing that was supposed to make help to make me feel safe Mm -hmm. ended up being, having a negative impact on me. So now it's like, again, I'm in a, a new space, a new city, there's constantly stories about girls going off to school and getting kidnapped or going missing or whatever the case may be. And the thing that's supposed to help me feel safe is I don't feel safe in it anymore, which for me, you know, makes it easier for me to, to do things like say I'm not going to go out as much, especially if I'm not with my friends or, and it's it's just so frustrating to feel Restricted because, like we Mm -hmm. said, the example that we have with, um, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but I think it's like Atatiana, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yep. She was in her home. She was with her nephew. Her young nephew could have lost his life. life. Yep. She at and least I, got to see an adult age but he he was eight years old. Right. So what would have would that have been like for him to lose his life because no because no extra steps were taken, like the same extra steps that I'm now thinking of and that I'm saying over the podcast for people to think of in terms of how can we make ourselves feel safer, how can we make ourselves um, be more protected or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. is not just for us anymore. Then it's like, how do I have like the younger people around us who can't protect themselves? You can't give a kid a gun. You can't give a kid mace all the time. Like you look at the Sandy Hook commercials of mm-hmm. them finding uses and tools with for their school supplies for safety for school shootings when they're literally selling bulletproof backpacks to kids for back to school. Yep. yep. That
1: that commercial, too, I don't think we've talked about that. That commercial, when it first started, I I hadn't even heard anything about it. I just literally saw it. I want to say on YouTube, and it was like an interchangeable commercial. Usually I skip them, and I was like, oh, this is cute. And then it started getting more and more progressive, and I was like, is this a movie trailer? And then when it finished, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was just like, I was well enough. And I was like, this is so sad because it's so real and it's so relatable. And it's also like, you know, you start thinking about yourself, like, is this the world I want to bring kids into? Is this the world that Mm -hmm. my nieces, nephews, godchildren, the children of my friends are going to have to deal with? And so short of, honestly, short of having your own weapon to feel more secure, other people are like, well, we need policy or men and women need to be taught how to treat each other. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's the answer either because I feel like people have a general, what do you call it? Compass of right
0: and wrong. Right. So if they have or been given examples of it, but I don't know that people really have the compass. I don't know that people really want to apply that in their own life. mm Like sometimes the thing that we look at as being obvious of right and wrong, people are choosing to do the opposite. Like to them, that's the right decision that they made because otherwise why would you have made it? If your compass was was so direct and true north or whatever, like how did yeah. you veer off this path so strongly to do something so crazy? Because sometimes it is just like accidental or not even thinking consciously about the negative impact that this thing that you're going to do makes, but mm. to me, like a rapist knows they're raping. Mm. It that was the choice that they made. That was the the decision that they made. Uh, a murderer, when it's murder, when not manslaughter, murder is literally a choice. Mm. That that was that was you saying this person I am shooting with the intention of either to hurt or to kill. Um, Attackers and people are, like, physically attacking. I I don't know. Right. No, that's what I'm saying, though. It's
1: like people can say we can have policy and rules in place, but I'm like, even with these policies and these rules and we think that, oh, they know what to do, that doesn't mean people are going to do the right thing. So how do... Again, bringing it back, how do I feel safe? I feel a little safer with things in the house that can protect me. I feel a little safer about being more conscious, like are all the doors locked? Are the windows closed? Are we talking out loud about where we're going? Is I taking different routes home? Like this is stuff that I do, and people might think it's crazy, but I'm like there are people out here who are crazy, who will follow you, who will write down your routines, who will do all these things that you don't think, oh, this could happen to me. You know what I mean? So I would just implore you all to be more cautious and aware as as the best to your ability to feel more safe.
0: One of the things that that I guess I feel safe with, I haven't started doing it, but I've been thinking about it because I do have such a – I don't – I've tried to um, educate myself with with guns and I uh, just didn't feel comfortable with it. As I've already said, I didn't even feel comfortable or knowledgeable when it came to pepper spray. So I really (laughs) just don't trust myself with um, high power machinery. But (laughs) when there are like natural disasters or crises happening and people mark themselves as safe, even though it's very annoying to do as an adult, like I guess if I had a couple of specific people that I just made sure I said good night and good morning to so that there would be a track record of what happened to me or what, or what happened to that person that I care about throughout the day that I could at least say, I spoke to them last night. I spoke to them this morning because it could be that simple of, if someone goes missing or if someone has an emergency situation, you're always trying to figure out, even when, um, like, 911 is called, they try to reference if they have a phone available, who did they yep. speak to last? Yep. Who is their emergency contact? Who is the person that is basically going to be concerned or care if this person isn't there anymore? And if I were, if someone were to be missing it will take longer if no one is looking for them. If no one is like, Mandy didn't tell me good night last night. Mandy didn't tell me good morning this morning. I'd prefer to be someone, like, I'd prefer to, uh, I live alone. I wish, even though I've grown to accept, like, I'm probably going to be single for my life, I would like (laughs) for there to be, like, a person that, I know, besides my mom, she will call every day, boy. She will call every day. <laughs> she is definitely a mom. She's a very good mom. She should get the highest paid of all the mom wages because she's um, <laughs> so good at that. But, you know, when it is my mom, as much as I love her and spend time with her, sometimes she can be annoying about it. <laughs> so I'm like, if I just say I'm going to do the good morning and the good night with her, she's going to find a way to to. Drag it like out. it. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, is this something you prefer to do with like a potential suitor, or is this something you're comfortable with doing?
0: With I'm not your gonna, girls, gonna do it with it someone who hasn't earned it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would definitely more like more likely do it with my girlfriends because I'm like, just because you've taken me out a couple of times doesn't mean you actually care about what happens to me, and if right. you were the last person. That I sent a text message to if so I was like no offense to the guys that I date but there have been a couple of times when I was trying to hit one of them up because I'm like well I'm on this dark road by myself and they don't answer and I'm like well
1: oh, it's yeah. a good
0: thing I didn't get snatched because you didn't call me back for four days <laughs> oh my
1: gosh I know that you and I have been that for each other, or you've been like, oh, I'm walking to my car. I'm like, oh, I'm walking to this place, walking to that place. So that does make me feel comfortable and better to have that person there. But it does suck when I have like missed your call before I'm not available. So yeah, yeah. I feel like putting it in the group chat would be better because that way we have additional eyes on each other. And I feel like it's if fact. all of us participated in that because, I mean, sometimes I jump in, I'm like, hey, I'm going to the party, I'm drinking, see y'all in a couple of days, you know, jump in to say funny things. But it's also important, like, you know, hey, has anyone heard from Mandy? Hey, has anyone heard from Jackie and Jilly? No, no. All right. Well, let's check the <laughs> chat. Let's just reach out to some
0: people. So
1: I think that we should implement that, honestly
0: yeah I think I'll definitely benefit from it the most, so appreciate it. y'all all have someone to that, that would likely have seen you that day nice silly um
1: are are you done with your entry
0: yeah I think i'm I'm good on it now i would I would like even though we usually ask people to talk to us about stuff afterwards, but I'm gonna try to put it in social media and um, ask people to send us comments and emails about what they do to feel safe when um, circumstances, like we talked about today, like how do you make yourself feel safe in a world where literally anything can happen? I'd really like to hear what what you guys have to say. Yeah, I think those responses would be insightful
1: and helpful. So I'm down to see those. Um, my This is Space Space entry was also a little heavy, but not that heavy, (laughs) or not in that (laughs) realm of heaviness. I wanted, and I don't know if I'm on like some streak or something talking about the black community, but I just wanted to point out that it bothers me, it grinds my gears that the black community is expected to be inclusive of all communities, but that's not reciprocated. And what I mean by that is that, for example, you can come to the BET Awards and Latinx people are receiving awards, white people are receiving awards, black people are receiving awards, but it's not the same. We, we embrace other communities. We allow them to take from our culture, our heritage. Um, this is specifically what I'm talking about is in the entertainment industry, and it's just not reciprocated and one person... yeah
0: it's sorry, before you i, so I don't mean to interrupt yeah, you but yeah. even like no you're fine Go it's ahead. so rare that it happens that when it mm-hmm. does happen it's highlighted like uh mm-hmm. billy ray Silas yep. cyrus recently won <laughs> um a BET hip-hop award because of course mm-hmm. he's on that song with lil nas x and he yep. specifically shouted out, like, you know, thank you for including me in this. Mm -hmm. And um, he dedicated it to his win to Nipsey Hussle's legacy and family because he understood, like, this is a space that I have been fortunate to be included in, and I'm going to acknowledge the other people in that space and, Mm -hmm. you know, lives who have been lost in that space or whatever. But, yeah, I just wanted to add that.
1: Yeah, I know that's a perfect example of someone who at least appreciates and sends thanks back. So I can but you're like, you're right. It's like we can give that award to someone who we feel is deserving by we, I just mean the black community or BET in general, but it's not reciprocated. There was a a little black girl who won um, Little Miss Latino. I don't remember which state this was in, but two days after she won, they took the award back because they said she didn't have any, Uh, enough Latin heritage in her to win the award. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like everyone voted for her. She got the points. She got the stuff. But y'all want to do an ancestry DNA test or something to say she doesn't have Mm -hmm. enough Latina in her. Yet you have all these people also when they're saying inflammatory statements, when they're saying racist statements, when they're saying prejudicial statements, they want to claim to be Afro-Latina. And I'm like, no (laughs) and all the black people who are accepting these these responses is like oh they're afro latina or my favorite which is oh hispanic people are black and i'm like you cannot group everyone into one thing. And my, my other thing is, like, I would love to see all these people that are claiming to be Afro-Latina when you had to fill out tests, when you had to fill out your driver's license, when you had to fill out all this stuff. i like to see what you put. I'd like to see if you put mixed or if you put Hispanic or black. I would love to see that because, as Paul Mooney says, everybody wants to be an word until – until what does he say? Everybody wants to be an N-word until it's time to be an N-word. And I'm just, like, I'm I'm so sick of people – grabbing onto black culture, using it when it's convenient for them. And I'm sick of people who are not black Americans speaking for black Americans. If you are not a black American, you cannot speak. Speak for black Americans. This includes people from African countries who I've seen in several different comments on several different platforms saying that black people are too sensitive or trying to side with people who have said these inflammatory comments. And I'm like, You're not even from here. You don't even go here. (laughs) (laughs) You are not a black American. You do not have our experience. You do not you are not necessarily affected directly by the things that we and our ancestors have been affected by and are currently presently still dealing with so yeah I, I know being black isn't
0: a monolith so yes yeah. even you and i who grew up in the same spaces i can't tell you how to feel because yep. even though we've grown up in similar spaces, your experience can still be different and your yep. feelings towards an experience can still be different. So it mm-hmm. is very, like, ridiculous to try to um, counteract or control people's mm-hmm. thoughts and experiences on something that you know is inappropriate. Like, mm-hmm. the reality is if, if you can say people are being sensitive if someone's like, "Oh, I hate this soap," but that's not what the problem. And no one's like, "I hate that you put this soap in the bathroom." That's, I prefer this soap. That's not what we're arguing. We're arguing right. about derogatory statements that are made, um, actions that negatively impact only one group. <laughs> like we're talking about yep. real real things that really hurt and affect people that have had real damage, trauma reactions. And just because you haven't been a part of that trauma does not mean that you get to negate it or to, um, minimalize it.
1: Yep.
0: Thank you. That's a
1: perfect way to put it. So I do (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what I have to say to all you people trying to take a part of it but not having to deal with any of the repercussions or not ever having been called an n-word or being called an n-word and that's the last thing you heard before you were hung or dragged or lynched or put in jail for some stupid offense or not being able to just show whatever and get off or get a ticket like if you are not black American and you do not have the experience I don't want to hear that oh I have cousins who are mixed I have friends who are biracial I have friends who are black people I love black people I don't want to hear these excuses these are not justifications for you showing your behind and I also don't want to hear some sorry little apology and I'm just gonna call it like it is I like Gina Rodriguez as an actress but this current (laughs) She is Which, I mean, we've talked about her previously talked about on her, the podcast. It keeps, it keeps going. She recently <sighs> used the N-word, and people were trying to justify, like, oh, she was singing a Fuji song. And I'm like, there are a million different other Fuji's lyrics, and she's already had this heat on her. She's gone on Sway in the Morning where they pandered to her, like, oh, it's okay, it's all right. She's cried on there. She's apologized. And then you come back on your platform to your millions of people. And you use the N-word, and then you try to apologize in a snarky way, like, oh, if it offended you, I'm sorry. If you were offended because I sang a lyric from a song, I'm sorry. And You can go look it up. That's exactly how she said it. And I was just disgusted. I'm like, you. I, and I've heard people say, well, she's, I've, <laughs> I've heard a very popular morning radio show, naturally syndicated podcast that has three black hosts say, oh, well, you know, she's. She's Hispanic, so, you know, we're all black, we're all N-words. No, y'all are also perpetuating this idea that it's okay now for Hispanic people or people of Hispanic origin to use the N-word. And it's like, no, that's
0: not okay. Or to say something that has already been established as, like having negative connotations having been used against us, not just by white people, it's been used against mm-hmm. us by Hispanic people as well. And that's yeah. why there was the marker to say it's not for everybody. Everybody can't do it. And yeah. again, like I'm I'm I get very disappointed. I can't it's not even discussed. It's literally just disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um to see the response that she made mm-hmm. because like like you said, I hate that I apologize for you being offended thing. What you did was wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you can't acknowledge that, if you can't admit that you were wrong in that, then I don't feel confident that it won't happen again. I don't feel confident right. that you're actually sorry. I don't right. feel confident in any of that so i i'm disappointed because i did look at her as someone who was talented and still on the side of right like a good example i can give of this to so it's not just like well Black you know, people just bashing the Hispanic community, right. but the whole just hilarious situation where she made that really disgusting comment when she was yep. um at the airport, and it was yep. like you're on a platform using your power that you have by being famous and talking negatively about a group in a way that you that you know is inappropriate, you know it's inappropriate, you know it's derogatory but you feel like you have a right to say it, particularly because you are also a minority and because you're like, oh, well, it's this and it's that. And then when you apologize, you're not apologizing because you actually thought you were wrong or because you're actually sorry. You're apologizing because there's now a backlash. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yep. And you aren't actually sorry about the way people, you know, felt affected by it.
1: Yeah. I was going to say I'm also glad you called her out because, I feel like people think that, like you said, black people only bash other people, but it's like, no, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And she also used the sorry excuse, though. She has, I don't know the culture, but she was like, I have these people in my family. And I'm like, that doesn't make it okay. So I don't care if you black, white, brown, Puerto Rican, Haitian, like, it doesn't matter. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And you need to be called out for it. And also, we don't speak for everyone, but also don't let these national radio speak for people, too, because one of their reasonings with, well, Cardi B uses it, Scott Joe uses it, J-Lo uses it. And I was like, I'm not okay with any of them using it. So you guys giving this example doesn't mean anything to me, doesn't do anything for me. You guys saying that these people of Hispanic heritage use this word, so why should y'all be offended? That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. And it saddens me that you can't see why that's an issue for a group of people you claim to be a part of.
0: Mhm, And that with all of the, the growth and changes that we've tried to make, because yes, people did a lot of things that even in the 2000s, folks got away with stuff that today, you wouldn't be able to get away with it. And you can huff and puff and be like, well, if you want, you can't say in one breath, I did this in my past and I don't want to be defined by my past. And then in the same breath be like, well, why does it matter? It shouldn't be that bad. Either you want to learn from your past and grow and do better, or you want passes for every single f thing that you do. You can't have both. Exactly. And really, exactly. no one's going to continue to give you passes because you know better. So that's why that whole past thing isn't always effective, because when people do get called out for stuff in their past, they're still not necessarily acknowledging that it was wrong. They're just like, well, I said that in my past. <laughs> did you make an effort to acknowledge that it wasn't cool? Mm-mm. I can't remember who I heard talk about it, but someone was talking saying how um, Eddie Murphy, you know, he has his stand-up special that he did back in the 80s. It was called Raw, where he said a whole okay. bunch of homophobic stuff. In the 90s, he apologized and acknowledged that he, the things that he said were wrong, but it still started to come back up now because he's making a resurgence and he wasn't like, well, I already apologized for this and I'm not apologizing again. He was just like, yeah, when I said it, it was wrong. It's very disgusting. I no longer subscribe to that kind of talk. Like sometimes you may have to keep apologizing. You may have to keep acknowledging that you've had changed behavior. It's not fun, but would you prefer to just be in the, in the role of wrong, or would you prefer to be in an area of growth? Because to me, when you do continue to really acknowledge that you're trying to make better choices. That is how you become, continue to be like a role model, an advocate, someone for us to shed our light on and not just try to cancel. Like that's how you prevent cancel culture. Folks are always complaining about folks getting canceled, canceled, canceled. And it's like, because they just give half ass apologies and don't make any effort to actually do anything about what it is that people are so offended by. You're just going to keep going on about your day turning off your social media so that you aren't negatively impacted right. by the stuff people are saying. Meanwhile, we was just sitting there minding our own business and <laughs> Gina decided to, to start call, you know, <laughs> singing the N word. It was like, I didn't come here for this. <laughs> right. So how come you like you get to turn it off, you get to, to have a break and then come back in a couple of months and still promote whatever thing that is. But I don't feel confident that you really are sorry or that you really have changed or that you don't, like you just, it's just not always that you get to, to, to just brush stuff off. Yep.
1: Yep. And I know they say to, you know, impact people, you have to impact their pockets. So if you want to – so something I found funny was when the Gucci controversy was happening controversy was happening, and T.I. became the forerunner of what we should do, and he was like, we're going to boycott for three months.
0: <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like,
1: these people had women's and men's wear with nooses around their neck and blackface, and you guys are listening to this man saying to boycott for three months. So I think it's important to make your own decisions – like, fact-based decisions on how you want things to change. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't even, like, like Mandy said, Gina Rodriguez wasn't even on my radar. So the fact that this came into my purview, I'm just like, what? I already wasn't worried about you. You were on a show that I really, really adored, but now I'm not looking forward to any future content from you, and I'm not, I'm not subscribing to anything that you do, like, I'm done with it. I've seen a video where you've gotten chance after chance after chance to rectify this behavior. It's been pointed out to you, and you do continue to blow it off. So as a black woman, I'm not subscribing to you anymore. So I would just implore you all, again, to think about your clicks, your views, your money, your purchases, and who it's going to, with the kind of person they are. And you can say, oh, business is different from pleasure, business is different from personal, but if this person is taking your money out of your pocket, your personal money, and it's going towards their business and they don't care for you and they disrespect you, why would you continue to support them? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> that concludes my entry for this is a safe space. I think we should all take a little collective breath and then yes, uh, we'll continue on with the podcast. <laughs> okay.
1: I feel like we've been eating good during this podcast, but do you have anything for your meat and, <laughs> on your plate for today, your meat and potatoes?
0: Um, I do have something for the meat and potatoes main topic, and it is a lot lighter, so hopefully everyone else can take this and enjoy it, and it'll be a nice little breather from everything that we talked about. But... um. I want to talk about clothing items that we wore back in the day and like our kid and teenage and even young adult years, something that was like super cheap that was like still cool to wear and that you would even possibly wear, excuse me, like today. And then something that was super expensive that you're like, I would never or I can't believe people had that on. That junk was so <laughs> ugly. They only put it on because it was expensive, but really that's a trash uh clothing item. Okay. Do you want me to go first or you? You can. I mean, I I okay. thought about it so I do have a couple of examples. Okay I well could you, go. First. I had
1: things immediately come to mind. So the first thing <laughs> that I wore back then that I still wear today that I wear every day is my fanny pack and they've updated now so you can wear it across your waist. you can buckle it into your like your little belt loops of your pants or whatever you're wearing and it's fashionable now. And one thing way back when in high school that I never wanted, that was expensive at all the hair salon stores were those marquee belts where you can like type your name into the belt and it would mm. leap around. Do you remember those? Yeah. I saw those and I was like this is so stupid. And all the people that had them were like the bullies.
0: <laughs> so there you could see and them I coming a mile away.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every time I saw those, I was
1: like this is so stupid. I would never wear that. And so those are just my immediate
0: thoughts. But you have a list, you say? Well, I just had a couple that I thought about because I knew that with us having this conversation, it would pop back in our heads. I definitely did want to comment on the fanny pack because I think you have to be even more so from – back in the day like this generation z or whatever the younger generation is after them they don't even call them fanny packs for real like they, they market them as shoulder bags they and do. um a, a lot of guys are wearing them like i feel like back in the day little kids and women will wear fanny packs more than men but men still wear them occasionally because it's literally just a bag but um now it's being marketed like directly to men and it's called shoulder pack and i'm just like <laughs> That's a fanny pack, fam.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely something to think about. Um, one thing that I liked back in the day, and I still like them now, and I still wear them now, are chokers. Chokers mm. are so cute. Yep. They set off an outfit. Of course, we used to, um, I don't even know what, little plastic material that was made up, but it has you know, a little crisscrossing oh, yeah. or just like a little skinny piece of essentially lace or ribbon. Like, I can literally go to either the Hobby Lobbies or a Walmart or a Target or whatever and just buy some rhythm, ribbon and wear that as my choker and set it off right now if I want to. <laughs> I don't even have to just buy it as an actual choker. Set it off. So.
1: Set it off. <laughs>
0: I love those. I Mm. like the hair clips that we used to have. Well, I don't think I could do the butterflies now because those are definitely like junior. But um, they were just, they sometimes come in different colors, but I don't know how to describe them. But the ones that used to pop up like to open and down to close. um a long triangle kind of like if you stretch. Yeah. Out yeah. yeah. Okay. I would still wear that now. And then, and I basically need them. Like Bobby pins are so ugly. <laughs> like those clips really would be something that it's like, okay, I need to lay my hair down and this has been incorporated into my outfit. Um, but I guess they kind of have like some of the fancier hair, hair, pins that look kind of like bobby pins too so something like that like either the ones that pop in and out or the ones that are like bobby pins but a little fancier um i would reincorporate those into my life something that's i thought was ugly that um i'm so glad is gone now and it's not specific to this brand but i first think of like jabot jeans
1: and then the style <laughs> of all
0: the jeans even if they didn't say jabot <laughs> The, Things the was long, so... short-looking jeans. Yes.
1: <laughs> Mind you, you guys, what? if you don't know, Jabou was spelled like G-I-R-B-A-U-D. So it was wild, first of all, the pronunciation. <laughs> but, yeah, there were pants, as she said, or jeans that went down to, like, some went down as low as the ankle. Most of them
0: were, like, mid-calf range. And it was just like, what? <laughs> hmm it's like this isn't a short or a pant Mm-mm. um oh that reminds me for women though uh what 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 cap, not capris were they capris not capris capris and no gauchos that's exactly Gaucho. what i'm thinking about <laughs> gauchos are like a bell bottom that stopped at your calf why <laughs>
1: And they also were like, I don't know if we're going to bleep this out. I, if you, there's another word for it, the C-O-U- C-O-O-C-H-I-E cutters. Do you remember them being called that? Because they, like, would give you a camel toe also. Mm. They were very form-fitting. They would give you a camel toe. And I was just like, I was never allowed to wear those. But I saw it
0: mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever plan to wear a in my life. How do you feel about that? these of blaster, slippers are still at the beauty supply store.
1: Really? And,
0: um, yeah, I was in there the other day, and I was like, I remember these, and I remember having them in every color. And they, I appreciate what they did for me back in the day because my mom would buy me, like, one set of sneakers for the year, maybe multiple multiple colored laces if I was lucky so that I could have something to match my outfit and like a regular flat shoe but the beauty supply store slippers allowed you to coordinate which is all people are really trying to do in high school you gotta your outfit has to match from head to toe and you can't just wear a black shoe or a white shoe every single time sometimes you need if you're wearing baby blue you need a baby blue shoe if you're wearing (laughs) lime green you need a lime green shoe like there are so many colors of the rainbow and you need them to really go together and black and white doesn't always fit the way that you it to. Now I'm mad lazy. I really just wear like black and brown shoes and I have so many shoes and most of the time I'm just like whichever shoe is closest to the door. But <laughs> when you are in school, part of school is being judged on how you came in looking. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, going to class. So those V-supply store slippers allowed me to coordinate in a way that I appreciate now, but I probably would not wear them now. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't wear them
1: now. I remember when I would beg my mom for them, and she finally got them for me like two years after they stopped being trendy. And I remember going Mm. to school, and no one said
0: anything, but I got looks like – why you? are you doing that? <laughs> and that's and why it's, it's even crazy that your mom would do that because the whole the right. the whole point of them is that they were cheap. It's not like you yep. had to go and spend and spend fifty dollars on a shoe. Like these shoes were nope. like less than five dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they must have been on like some super sale or something because she also did that not related with the Harry Potter books. She didn't get me the Harry Potter book until I was on the fifth one. And even then she was like, how are you, why do you want the fifth one? Because I wasn't allowed to read them because of church and whatever they were saying about them in church. But our other friend, had the other one. So I get his at school and read them there. So she was like, mm-hmm. okay. She for some reason broke down and bought it. But she, then she was like, how are you on book five? And I was like, oh, I, don't mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This is the one everybody's but talking I about. It. I can't start at the beginning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is on book five. It was super cheap. I think that's why she bought it. So I think that's what happened with the slippers. But I laughed when you said baby blue because that's the color that I had. That was the only color mm. I had <laughs> it was the baby blue one. Harley okay, had anything.
0: you can only wear it when you was wearing baby blue like you have to depend it on like what your outfit was but I had (laughs) pink ones and baby blue ones and I think white ones I didn't have black ones because at that point like I did have regular black shoes but you know yeah. alright what's something else that was ugly then is ugly now (laughs) and you're like why were people wearing that
1: Something else that was ugly. Oh, do you remember those NASCAR jackets? I have one of those. Like in my my mom's old, and mm. it would have, like M&Ms mm. on the back. Or Snickers, or Home Depot, and you could get those. I thought those were crazy. I wouldn't wear that now. But you had one. But I
0: did not buy toys. Might
1: get some money off it. My grandparent didn't know what to do for my for Christmas that year, so she got it for me, and it was like three sizes
0: too big too. So it was just Um, a weird thing. (laughs) She was trying though. She was trying to get you what she thought was in style. My parents never were like really buying me things that were in style, so I was. In college, Before that, it was just like, you just need clothes. Or my mom would literally say, you can't wear what the other girls are wearing. And I'm like, why not? We all the same age. If you know that they're wearing it, why are you trying to make me be different from everybody else? Why do you want me to be looked at crazy? Why don't you want me to be happy? If you know this is what everybody's wearing, why are you verbalizing that you want me to be unpopular and unhappy? This seems like a strange choice to make as a parent. That second line hit me. If you know that this is trendy, why do you want
1: me to be unhappy? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was so true. Um, Other things that people wore then that I would say no to now. Oh, do you remember those Nike heels? Like, they were like, sneakers mm-hmm. I yeah. saw those at first. I used to think those were cute, but the older I got, I was like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember when, I, I, I feel because when I was younger, I had Air Forces. And I had mm-hmm, them because too. I think my mom just bought me sneakers. But I was never an active kid. So I wasn't really trying to wear my sneakers and also I wasn't always aware of like what was going on in Mm hip-hop. So I didn't know it was a popular shoe until, you know, the song came out. This was before I got to, to high school though, I think I was in maybe elementary school or middle school, but I had outgrown the shoe. So I was going, I was so everybody, I was like, yeah, you know anybody looking for these? And they were like, girl, those are Air Forces. You better keep your Air Forces. I was like, my feet don't fit anymore. And they were like, <laughs> they're like, I'll squeeze my foot in there. You can't just give up some Air Forces. And I'm just like, I don't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can just give up some Air Forces. And they would wear them with those Jersey dresses. I was never allowed to have a Jersey dress either. Mm-hmm. yeah. There were a lot of things I wasn't allowed to wear that everybody else was wearing, and they weren't even inappropriate.
0: I just wasn't allowed to wear them. <laughs> You know what I did have for a hot second, and I liked it then, and depending on the fit of it, I might wear it now, was a jean jumpsuit. Like, I had oh, a jean yeah. dress, but I don't know yep. that I would wear the jean dress again, but I might wear the jean jumpsuit, because... Yep. I like my mind is specifically going to Kyla Pratt on one-on-one and I don't and I'm like, I know she used to wear a jean jumpsuit and I'm like, yeah, I would, I would wear that now. I can make that work as an adult.
1: Yeah. I remember I, I had a jean dress and I traded it with one of my friends. She let me borrow her jumpsuit for the week and it fit me like a catsuit. And I just felt like I was the hottest thing smoking. I wore that thing like twice or maybe even three times in the same week. And it just, I just felt so good in it. It was very form-fitting. It was yeah. very fashionable. I was like, I like this.
0: I think the mm-hmm. reason why I wouldn't wear a jean dress, but I would wear a jean jumpsuit is because I wouldn't wear a jean skirt today. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the jean yeah. dress is literally this a skirt and a shirt together, but you know, jean shirts I, w- I would wear and jeans I do wear. And so it's like putting those all together. So I'm like, that could work. But I wouldn't wear a jean skirt right now. I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so effing ugly. Do you see her skirt, you know, having a Mean girl oh moment? It's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I would probably skip out on the jean dress, too. But jumpsuit would be nice. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny, funny. Did you have anything else on your list of the what you would and would not wear?
0: Uh, Nah That's all I could think of (laughs) That's cool
1: So For the underappreciated awards Mine is also Well not also because you haven't given yours yet But my underappreciated award Is clothing related I wanted Mm. to give my underappreciated award To the inventor of leggings I wear
0: leggings as
1: pants. <laughs> I wear leggings as you. <laughs> I wear leggings as leggings. I wear them as tights. I wear them as stockings. I wear them as just leggings and walk- go on about my day. Like, these are So, so, so comfortable. I have so many different types of leggings. I have so many black pairs of leggings. And I feel like I can't have enough because I have some that are high waist, some that are low waist, some that are tight, some that are loose, some that I can paint my nails in, some that I never want to get anything dirty in. And I just remember this was in college. I had a friend make a post online. It was a guy, no less. And he put in capital letters, leggings aren't pants. And ever since then, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. hold my beer," because <laughs> right. or whatever. I want them to be on
0: my body, sir. Thank you. So. I did used to judge <laughs> les- leggings, but I definitely what? found the vi- I found the value in them. The um, the more I wear them, of course, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that you are queen leggings, and Thank if you. there is anything. Right <laughs> if there was ever a thing that I'm like, what would be the best thing for Ali to promote? It would be leggings. So if there's a legging company out there that's looking um, for someone to try the product and, and give their opinion on it and be a spokesperson, I would say Ali is definitely that girl.
1: I could definitely be an endorsement, endorser for you. I'll strut my stuff. I'll do everything you need me to do. Like leggings are life. So,
0: mm-hmm. uh, my underappreciated word is actually going to go to a person today. So you what? know, surprise, surprise. So I was on YouTube. Don't know how I fell down this rabbit hole, but there was basically this uh, YouTube channel that's kind of like a website. There are a bunch of random websites where you can watch a bunch of like free movies or like television shows constantly on repeat or whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And I found one on YouTube. And one of the movies that I watched starred Tatiana Ali. So my underappreciated is going to Tatiana Ali. I'm going to tell you why the movie affected me so much. But I just want to again highlight some of what she's so grand for Tatiana Lee of course is an actress we originally knew her from Fresh Prince she played Ashley Banks Yep. She is also a singer-songwriter. Tatiana Lee had an album back in the 90s. It was like the one album that my parents not only bought for me, but they also played as well. My dad loved one song in particular from that album, and I would get annoyed because he would play that on repeat. And I'm like, there are other songs I want to listen to the whole album. I still came back to that album today. Like It was that good, and she sings that good. She's very talented. She um, is an Ivy League graduate. She went to Harvard. She is now a mother of two. She recently mm-hmm. gave birth to her second child. She's never gotten into any kind of malarkey or done any kind of craziness. Um, she is someone who comes from a mixed background. She is Caribbean, Latino, um, you know, a black person. Also, mm-hmm. but, but the Caribbean is very rangy because there are a lot of other, the same way, like, she's also of, like Indian descent, but the point is, like, she's understood that she can fall into multiple buckets and hats in terms of culture and she's never disrespected Nana One. No. <laughs> so, just, you know, call back to some earlier stuff that we were talking mm-hmm. about. And, she still is so good. In this movie that I watched, and again, it's just like a random movie. It was not a big blockbuster thing. It was called Comeback Dad, and it was basically about this father who um had been an alcohol addict and was very absentee in her father's life. I mean, in her life. He was absentee father in her life. And the amount of emotion that she was just, like, portraying in this movie, I was, like, crying through the whole thing. And I was just like, ooh, wow. Tatiana, you got me. And it's, it's not even, like, new-new, but it was low newish enough and um, that I hadn't seen it or heard of it before. But I was, you know, really emotional. And she's usually, like, the girl that's, like, all right, it's Christmas time, I'm going to make a Christmas movie. So I know that she's continuously working, but I just hadn't seen her in anything besides a couple of Christmas movies. So I was like, ooh, she got me. She got me again. She still she still got it. So that's why I wanted to give Tatiana, Tatiana Ali my underappreciated award because I just saw her in a little something, and she really hit me in the feels.
1: Nice. You sound very deserving. I hadn't heard of that movie, but I am definitely going to look it up
0: and I'm definitely going to watch it.
1: Come back. Yeah, it's
0: free on YouTube, so whomever wants to see it. <laughs> it's one of those low budget indie movies, but you know. She was in it, Loretta Devine's in it. Um Ooh, okay. Mother Devine has been in like
1: a lot of things, like for a very long time, and
0: I feel like a lot of
1: people are just mm -hmm. recognizing her. And I'm like, this has been our mother and aunt for years. So what are you talking about? So yeah,
0: nice. Would you like to tell the people where they can find us, Mandy? For sure, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at mno podcast. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Also, please send us your comments, questions, your feelings at Ali at gmail.com. Again, specifically to the topic we talked about today, how do you feel safe in this world? When you see, you know, tragic things happen that you know could affect you in your daily life, what do you do to regain a sense of, control in a world full of chaos we would love to hear your thoughts yep
1: um
0: yeah i think that's it
1: nice yeah, it was so good talking freaking. to you guys and yeah, you take advantage of every weekend Bye. every weekend i heard some things i heard some things but
0: i can't complain because i stuck to you and i asked your name yeah i came with games tell me your name then you look so familiar, yeah you look so familiar. Don't I know you from back when? Yeah, way well way back when.